Yes, Lord Jesus, you, you and you alone have the words that give eternal life. And we ask that you will speak to our hearts through your Holy Spirit. That you will take the words that I speak and you will do what only you can do with them. You know how we come, Lord Jesus. You know what we need. We throw ourselves at your feet. In your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Today we start a new series titled Teach Us to Abide. And we begin that journey together. It's, it's a series that I'm very much looking forward to being part of. Not in teaching but in discovering together. And I thought to kick it off we'll start with a story from... Um, if this works, no, 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 it's a good start, isn't it? Uh, no, there we go, there we go, there we go, got that in the end. Start with a story from Kevin, missing peace, this is Kevin's story. Kevin was a young minister in training. And all through his journey, and especially now in this position, Kevin always felt, I wish I had this aura and personality and charisma. He always thought, I, I don't quite have the aura and charisma that a preacher should have. I don't get on stage and draw everyone's attention. He was like, I really, really wish I had that confidence. I had that aura. If only I had that, I would be a fantastic minister. And Kevin carried this with him daily. And then one day he heard that a, a minister who he really admired was coming to college one chapel to preach. A guy called Paul, and Kevin really admired Paul. You know, for one, Paul had a proper minister name as well, you know, Apostle Paul. You know, there's no Apostle Kevin. Kevin didn't even, there's no Kevin even in the 70s. He doesn't even make any page of the Bible, but Apostle Paul. Paul had charisma. Paul could speak well. Paul had confidence, and Kevin was like, oh, if only I had what Paul has. So the day of chapel comes and Paul is introduced. He steps up onto the pulpit and Kevin is just watching in awe. Even the way that Paul walks is very anointed. It's like everything is just perfect about this guy. And Paul stands and he begins his sermon in a very controversial way as he usually does. And he says... Some of the best years of my life were spent in the arms of a woman that wasn't my wife. And everyone is like, what is going on here? Where is this sermon heading? As I'm sure some of you are wondering right now. And Paul immediately comes back and says, the name of this lady who is his mother. And everyone to chill out. And everyone laughs and everyone is relaxed. You are a little bit relaxed right now. And Kevin is sat there thinking, oh, I wish I could do what Paul did. And Kevin is meant to preach at his church that weekend. And he says, I know what I'll do. 
I'll just use that opening line that Paul used. I'll use it in my church and maybe I will be a bit more confident as a result. So Sunday comes across and Kevin is a bag of nerves as usual, still wishing he was confident, still wishing he had the aura, but he has that secret weapon. He has that joke in his pocket. It's like, if you worked for Apostle Paul, it must work for little Kevin. And he steps up, it gets to the point where Kevin is about to preach. And he comes up, and he's so nervous, he forgets the joke. So he stood there in front of the congregation, and they're staring at him like you lot are staring at me, though none of them are smiling. And he's there, and he remembers it immediately, and he says, oh, some of the best years of my life were spent in the arms of a woman that wasn't my wife. And they're all looking at him like, oh, we didn't think that Kevin was like this. And, and, and then Kevin goes blank, and in an, <laughs> in an act of panic, he blots out, and I don't remember who it was. <laughs> oh, poor, poor Kevin. But the reality is that sometimes we are a bit like Kevin. Maybe not daft jokes, apart from me this morning, obviously. But maybe sometimes we are a bit like Kevin. In that our lives can be so dominated by the thing that is missing. We can journey and the thing that dominates our lives is what is not in it. Or maybe I'm the only one. Maybe I'm the only one that worries. Maybe I'm the only one who gets anxious. Maybe I'm the only one who despairs. But if we are honest, there are times when we think, oh, if only this was there life will be so much easier to journey in. And the reality of that missing piece is that it creates a storm in our lives. Either a storm on the inside of us or a storm around us. But we feel like we are just in this middle of this storm and everything is tough and everything is chaotic. And the anxiety comes, and the worry comes, and the fear comes. And like Kevin, we feel, we just feel low. And the thing about the missing piece and when it dominates our lives is that it very much shapes the way that we experience the world and the way that the world experiences us. So I don't know about you, but when, you are, when I am under that pressure, the way that I experience the world is that I'm anxious, I'm afraid, I'm worried, and therefore there's no joy, there's no peace, there's no rest, there's no hope. It's just like being literally in a storm. And the way that the world experiences me is not that great either, because I don't know about you, but when... I am anxious and worried. I'm not that fun a person to be around because it kind of shapes the way that you engage even with those that you love the most. It shapes what you have to offer. When we feel that insecurity, when we feel that sense of I'm not good enough, I'm not 
worthy, when we feel we have nothing to offer, most times then we offer nothing. And everyone is trying to escape this feeling of emptiness, this feeling of there's something that's not quite right, there's something missing that shapes our entire view of life. Let's see if this works. Yay. And then Jesus comes and Jesus says, there is a different way to be. There is a different way to experience life. We can experience a life that is not shaped and dominated by what is missing. By who is missing. We can experience that life. Jesus comes to us. I have come that they may have life and life to the full. Fullness of life. A life that's not defined by what is missing. And so we come to a different story. Peter. The apostle Peter in the Bible. And Peter starts off very similar to Kevin. So when Peter finds himself in his own storm, he does what we all do. He panics. He's anxious. He's afraid. He's the, oh Jesus, do you not care that we are about to die? And we have all expressed that concern in different words. Jesus, can you not see what is going on? Jesus, are you not here? Jesus, can you not hear me? It's, normal. it's a normal response when everything around us seems to be chaotic, when everything within us seems to be falling apart. And Peter feels that too. Indeed, when storms are around him, self-preservation takes its place, and Peter denies Jesus as well. But something changes in Peter's story. There comes a point in Peter's journey where something changes. And he begins to exhibit the kind of life that Jesus was speaking about in John 10. Peter finds himself in prison. Not too long before, one of the fabulous four of Jesus' disciples, no, there's Peter, there's Andrew, there's James, there's John, the first original boy band. And one of them, James, is killed by Herod. And Herod sees that the people like it, so he, he gets Peter, and Peter is in prison. And he's surrounded by guards, and he's in chains, and he's going to be killed the following morning. But strangely, Peter is fast asleep. He's in what my lovely wife will term deep sleep. You know, you've got those apps that tell you how well you're sleeping. And if you're sleeping really well, they tell you, oh, you got these hours of deep sleep or light sleep. Peter was having some fantastic deep sleep. Because when the angel came to save him, he had to really shake him up to wake him up. He's fast asleep. I don't know about you, but it doesn't take much to stop me from sleeping because I'm anxious. Yesterday, Man United lost, and I didn't sleep very well. It doesn't take much 
to stop me from sleeping and thinking, how can I help the manager to do better with his tactics? It doesn't take much. The slightest worry in life, and I'm unable to sleep. I'm anxious. I'm restless. And perhaps you know what that's like when tomorrow carries so many challenges and you're lying down in today thinking, ah, oh, I don't know how I'm going to cope with tomorrow. And we're just there, staring at the ceiling, counting something, our worries. Peter is fast asleep. He's about to be chilled. The following morning is not going to be a pleasant death, but he's relaxed. He's able to get access to a peace that is greater than his own. Because that's the challenge for us. Sometimes when we go through difficult stages in life or difficult spaces, we are constantly trying, and, and that's what the world kind of encourages, encourages us to do, to manufacture peace, to manufacture strength, to manufacture joy. We're trying to draw it out from ourselves. It's here somewhere. If only I can draw it out. But, it's, you know, we can put up a face for only so long. But somehow... Peter is able to draw on a peace that is much deeper and greater than anything any human being can draw on by themselves. But that's not all that he's able to draw on. Because just some time before, at the gate beautiful, Peter and the other member of his boy band, John, they come across a lame man begging. And you know, the, you know the story, I'm sure, and you know the song. And I know that Steve said I like singing, so I'm not going to sing the song, no matter how much you plead for me to sing it. I will not sing the song. Um, I won't. I won't. But you, <laughs> you know the song where it's like, you know, he, he, asked for, he asked for arms and stretched out his palms. He's asking for silver, for gold, for change, for something. Peter gives him something that is beyond what any human can offer another. He brings healing and restoration to that man's life. You know, as we journey in this world with the storms around us, like we prayed for Libya and Morocco, sometimes it's like, what can we even bring to that situation? You know, you feel so limited. You feel so powerless. Sometimes when we see those that we love struggling and you really want to do something to make a difference, but you just feel like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do that will make this any better. But somehow, Peter is able to draw on a resource greater than himself. And I ask myself, how is Peter able to do this? Because I find myself more in Kevin's story than in Peter's a lot of the time. I ask myself, how is he able to do it? And the answer is this. You cannot escape the reality of the one you are most strongly connected to. You see, when I was called to be minister at Alton Baptist Church, Emma, Asha, and Josiah had to come along with me. 
whether they liked it or not. No, they, 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 they had a choice. They had a choice. But because we were so strongly connected as a family, my reality is going to impact on their reality. In the same way that if we are doing life, if you're doing life with a fantastic chef who loves to cook, you will probably journey with a lot of good food. Peter was strongly connected to Jesus. That was the strongest connection, the branch to the vine. And so he could not escape the reality of the Christ that he was journeying with. Remember that what Jesus says to his disciples, he says, it is my peace that I leave you. It is his joy that is our strength. It is Christ that becomes wisdom for us. You can't escape the reality of the one that you were most strongly connected to. And as Peter on his journey comes more and more alive to the resurrected Christ, as he becomes more and more connected as branch to vine, it is impossible for the reality of Jesus not to impact on the reality of his life. It's just impossible. And the more that I see different branches, different Peters who are connected so strongly to the vine that they are able to draw from what Jesus brings, the more that I discover that this is what I need in my life, that this is fullness of life, to truly know the Father and Jesus who he sent to truly walk with Jesus in close relationship. That it is the best gift that we can give to ourselves and to those that we love because it transforms the way that we experience life and that life experiences us. We cannot escape the reality of the one that we journey with the most, the one that we are most strongly connected to. But how is the question? How am I to experience this intimacy, this strong connection to Jesus? How is this going to be my reality rather than just something I read in somebody else's life? Especially in a world, if we are honest, that seems sometimes to be engineered to drain life out of us, to destroy the connection of branch to vine, to steal, to kill, to destroy. Almost every day there is something out there trying to steal our peace and kill our joy and destroy our hope. How do we stay strongly connected to the vine? Well, I think, well, that's the whole point of the series, that the Holy Spirit will teach us how to do this. Help us, Lord. But I think the starting point comes from this quote that I heard from Toza a while back. He says, Father, I want to know thee. 
but my coward heart fears to give up its toys. You know, one of the things that happened to the people of Israel as they journeyed and happens to us a little more subtle today is someone will usually show up and say to them, oh, look, look at this fancy idol that I've created. These are the gods that saved you from Egypt. And the people of Israel will be like, oh, yes, these are the gods that saved us from Egypt. And they'll start worshiping those gods. And today, Jesus will call them the hired hands in John 10. The world constantly presents before us the gods that save us from Egypt and says, hey, you know that time when life felt good and you felt whole and you felt fulfilled? It was because of that stuff. It was because of that person. It was because of that season. It was because of that holiday. That's why it felt so good. Or it tells us, oh, you know, if you had this, then life would feel full. And then we can spend most of our lives investing and prioritizing being connected to that other thing. That's the thing that we're most strongly connected to because we think this, this will bring me fullness of life. But it's not often long before it lets us down. God will often query his people. He will say, why do you serve gods that you have to carry when you have a God who will carry you? And the thing about life is that most of the other things that, that promise to satisfy, whether it's the career or the work or the relationship or the holiday, whatever it is, they always depend on how good we are. How good are you at your job and then the job will be good to you? How good are you at the relationship and then the relationship will be good to you? How good are you in life and then life will be good to you? But the moment that the wolf comes, the hired hand is nowhere to be seen. And so Jesus invites us. He says, prioritize me. Let me be the one that you invest on being strongly connected to. Let me be the one that you pour your hearts to because I will always love you and I will always give you everything and I will always be enough. And so we go on this journey and I hope you will go on this journey with me. When we ask the Spirit of God to help us to abide, to remain in Christ, so that the reality of our day-to-day -day life is Him, is Jesus, it's His peace, it's His joy, it's His confidence, it's His hope, it's a full life. It's a full life. Let us pray. Lord, it is true that when you come into a room, when you come into a space, you come to bring a full life. A life that is not defined by what is missing, but by who is present. Jesus, you have invited us to live this life with you.
Sometimes our hearts hold on to the wrong things. Sometimes our lives are afraid of surrender. But the Holy Spirit teach us, teach us how to abide in Christ so that we will fully come alive to your presence and be transformed both in how we experience life and how life experiences us. Help us, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.